Hello, good people. Welcome to the Small But Massive podcast. This is a short series of six podcasts capturing voices from the Spurns. My guests were Anne McAllister, Ollie McQuigan, Hugh McKenna, Paddy Gray, Lawrence O'Kean, and Damien Hearn. All well-known people in the local community. These people were involved in music, dance, filmmaking, the arts, and business. All things that Glasgowbury is doing now in the Corn Store Creative Hub. So check it out, good people. Thanks to the Department of Communities, Arts, Culture and Heritage Fund for supporting the making of this series. I'd like to welcome Michael and John Hearn, founder, members and directors of uh, Hearn Brothers. Uh, thanks for taking time out, gentlemen, to come and see me today. And what I would say is, because it's to you, uh, it's, uh, I suppose, a double whammy for me. And uh, But if you feel like you want to, if someone's talking and telling me a story and you remember a wee nugget from it, uh, Michael or John, just throw it in, you know what I mean? But, well, we'll start off, at, uh, I should have said too, this is a, a series uh, called Voices from the Spurns, where we're looking at business, culture, arts, uh, community members, and just, I suppose, trying to give a, a bit of a tapestry uh, to the local area, you know, what's happening, because people just see, I suppose, Hearn Brothers, and they just see vans coming and going, and, and where you're at now, and, and all with it, but I'm always interested in how, uh, what it was like back in the days growing up uh, and what it was like at the very, very start. So what we'll start off with is, I suppose, if you'd like to, one of you would like to tell uh, how many of a family uh, that you've had, uh, who are they? And, uh, and then we'll start off from, I suppose, school time. So if somebody wants to say who all's in the family and their names, just because people might know out there, do you know what I mean, John and Michael? So we'll look at this here for people listening in as if they may not know anything, and I suppose, about your whole family as such. So. Right, Paddy. Um, well, we're, there's 11 in our family. There are eight boys and three girls, and I can name them, I suppose. Paddy was the oldest, and he's now gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rosemary next, Stan, John, myself, um, Bridget, Charlie, Brian, Austin, Calling, and Terence. There you go. And it must have been a thing in them days. Everybody I get in from a certain era, they have really big families. Well, big families <laughs> were the norm, I think, in those days. Was, was right. it the norm? Or was it well, what, big families and small houses. Now it's was big it to houses. keep warm or what? Or? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, when I talk about 11 hours, blame my father for that. <laughs> he didn't see the film cheaper by the dozen. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and you mentioned there, everybody's still there, but... Paddy, uh-huh. yeah, uh, God yeah. rest him. And uh, as I say, later on in the wee chat, we'll bring Paddy up into right. the uh, uh, the whole thing. So, your home house, um, which I didn't know this recently, was just down at the bottom of the car road. Is that right? Your for your for your family no, home house? No, no, no. no, no. no. Family ho- home house is two two St Patrick's Streets where we all grew yes, up. In. Yes, yeah, that's the only house I ever was in. There you go. Uh, and uh, the. Uh, it was extended actually while I was growing up because of the size of the family. <laughs> um, Needed more doors, but then you yes. could get access to doors quicker than most, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was called, I think, Thompson's Place in his, in his times. There you go. Um, so, yeah. And that, that, what, that's just down where your office is. Uh-huh. uh-huh. As, you the, went, as you went off the street there. Yeah. The house on off the, the street. Or onto the yard, that house that's sitting there. There you that's, go. That's where it all there, came from there. There you go. And, and so, a school growing up uh, and back in the days, and uh, 
would have been talking in the 50s, yeah, uh, at primary school. 40s. In the 40s. <laughs> there you are. Uh, and uh, there's me thinking, hey, you look eternal youthful. <laughs> so uh, uh, back in the 40s then, uh, growing up, just for people listening to this, uh, um, what was it like in a, in a rural parish for you and both? Well, we both went to uh, the local primary school, which is down where uh, Eurospar is now. Yeah. It was a four-classroom school. And the teachers were Ma Bradley, fondly remembered always, everybody who went through. Uh, Bernadette Reagan was my next teacher. There you go. And she's still here. Yeah, brilliant. It's very good. Uh, Mrs McCork and James Conn, he was the principal. There you go. And would there be many in the school, Tim, at that time? Well, it had about 30 plus in most classes, I think. Yeah. And the trouble with the school was, in some extent, that when you went into Master Gunn's room, it was the top room, or even on the other side. There was only a door in the gable. You had to go through a classroom to go to your classroom, <laughs> if you were in the fire classroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you get all the knowledge in later years, then, <laughs> figuring out we need to work this out. And so, growing up in the parish and, and, and them days, would sport have been something that you'd have been interested oh. in? Well, you only worked or, play, or, or went and played Gaelic every, every evening you could, if yeah. you weren't working too long. Yeah. Oh, it was a big thing. Aye, uh, and what, there was nothing else, Paddy. Aye, uh, and like I suppose, like and and them days looking back, who would have been like the business people then? For you, when you were growing up, looking at people, Joe McBride was the main man, and he was a great man. There you go, and that he he was like a hardware store man. That's down with the credit union, is. That's where the credit union is. That's right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so he uh, manure as well as the, uh, the grocery business uh, he had. And then Morris Taylor came along uh, and he, he started up business and uh, did an awful lot of good for this parish. There you go. An awful lot. And was that, so what, what we were seeing there, I suppose, in a way was, uh, in your day, the first business type shakers that, you know, people that were actually yeah. running the business and what it was all about. And uh, and because uh, Joe McBride's name came up a few times uh, uh, back in the day and he seemed to be like an entrepreneurial man of himself or what kind of a personality had he when you were growing he, up? He, he, he had... Not you wouldn't call it a great personality at times. <laughs> he could be rough enough, but he was a very decent man and there's a lot of people in this parish owed him a lot of money when he died. There you and go. And the debt died was there you was go. Joe. He there never you pushed go. people for money. When we would be young, I, I remember going across with a basket for groceries mm. and a book. I was a good while later before I realised what the book was for. <laughs> we had no bloody money and everything was put in the book. And yeah. it would be paid off whatever time we could get, get it paid. I was thinking my granny from Glenelly actually was a great woman for us. There I'm convinced that she was the one that put Paddy and Rosemary through education. She paid for anything they needed. The Dessers didn't have any of that education. Aye, well, you got educated on the road as such. <laughs> good, that's and, right. And, uh, and, and I suppose, like, and that sort of, uh, what you're talking about there, John and Michael, that sort of, uh, Joe McBride, what he was doing, um, like for people in the tech, what people need to know out there, unions are very supportive over the years of people getting pinned. I know myself and, and different people, and you know, and uh, that people would be coming in and, and they'd pay in bits and pieces. Aye, and, well, you know, they we're, weren't we're only down. carrying on to sort of what we saw. Aye, that, that, that's, that's a good ethos. Uh-huh, and and, yes. and I, I noticed that growing up, you know. And I suppose when, when you go back to them times uh, and you were saying that. Um, 
to your family get educated it's it's something that seems to uh, pop up uh, like uh, Lawrence, very important. Uh, Lawrence described his that's family right. there was uh-huh. only certain people that, that's right. that got educated <coughs> and uh, but that's not to say that uh, there's many entrepreneurs out there um, they maybe had no education and they just made it work you know made what I mean work. too that's so right. and that's important to that's know right. But was it like that in them days where people were sort of, I don't want to say handpicked to take the education role, or was that something that that your structure and your family sort of went, uh, Michael should be doing that, or John should be doing that, or how did it work back then? Or I'm not really too sure on yeah. how that might have worked. I don't think they were handpicked. Aye. It just happened to be, I think, that Paddy and Rosemary were the two oldest. Aye. And any chance there was of educating anybody, after that, there was more, more to be fed. Uh, so yeah. they, they were sort of looked after for that end. And uh, I think they always appreciated the fact that they got an education like Get that. Yeah. Rosemary wanted to become a teacher and Paddy yeah. became a pharmacist. That's right. And uh, I remember Paddy telling me about whenever he went to college and he came home and he hadn't a clue what he was thinking of doing. He was kicking a ball against Mary Pat's gable wall. <laughs> and Father Collins came around the corner and uh, asked him what he was going to do now. And he, he said, really, uh, I'm not too sure. He said, you'd like to be a pharmacist. He says, Mr. Parkinson's thinking of retiring. And Kenny, he says, I don't think he's going to stay here. They were, Parkinson's where the, the chemist shop uh, up where Brian O'Kane now is an office. Yes. Beside the meeting house. He's seen a vision and uh, yes. he was, I suppose, a priest that a lot of people would come in here and the older people and talk about certain things. They would talk about him having that sort of push for people oh, and had, to try and achieve within ha- your own that. parish. He had that. And, oh, yes. uh, and he yeah. wanted to see the parish improve all the time. I mean, he built the intermediate school, the primary school, Mourinho School, Brilliant. and did all those things. Yeah, yeah. And it was, he was the main man for all that. A, a great innovator. Of a great time. man that way. But he saw himself as king. Yeah. When Ballerskeen won in 1973, they won the county championship. Paddy was chairman of the club and he told Paddy to go and get some cases of Guinness and a few bottles of whiskey and we'll have a bit of a party in the Gaelic Hall. Paddy reminded him we didn't have a licence for the Gaelic Hall <laughs> <laughs> and you couldn't really do that. He says, that'd be a shabin. <laughs> and and so, so we, we couldn't really do it. Uh-huh. And Father Collins looked at him, Paddy said, and says, and who's going to stop us? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to leave it to the public out there to think, did it happen or did it not? So, and, and we'll not tell them if it did or not. I was too not. young, Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> I was too young. He wasn't even chasing girls then, you know. Uh, I was looking up and all, um, your father, Jimmy, uh-huh. uh, um, had the, the hardware store. Uh-huh. Isn't that right? Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, and a wee paint shop. Yes. And so back then, I suppose, uh, can you remember what date that, that was sort of founded? Well, my father was in business from early thir- in 19, uh, 1930s. There you go. Uh, he, was in the, he was in the old factory, as, as, as it was called then, uh, where uh, Spurn Electronics are now. There you go. And, uh, yeah, my mother uh, and, and uh, him lived upstairs, upstairs there. Upstairs there, yeah. There you go. And he bought And Thompson's Paddy wasn't sure if he was born there or not. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he thought he, he might have been born up up in the no, middle, of, middle of St. Patrick's Day, but he wasn't right. sure, he said. Never, never was sure. And at a later date, he bought uh, to St. Patrick's Street. There you go. And uh, we, that's where we And, men- and mentioning Mary Pat's there now, yeah. that's another uh, 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 venue or uh, such building that you are now in as well. Uh-huh. Uh, so going back then, <clears throat> like... Uh, you came through school and, as I say, uh, looking back and, and looking into yourselves, uh, 
So the founding members then, you know, got together, you were all pretty young, I would imagine, at the time. You know, was it, what was the sort of yeah. age? Well, you see, my father was, and he did a, he was a small builder and he yeah. had a hardware store, yeah. timber store and all. Uh, and it was a wee bit of a continuation party. Really. Uh, Stan, Stan wasn't that fond of school. <laughs> but the and school wasn't that fond of Stan <laughs> I love hearing about people really successful who weren't fond of school <laughs> I know a boy like that <laughs> uh, he, he, um, well they were, they were glad to see the end of Stan and Stan wanted to see the end of them <laughs> he, he went into work with my father and did, uh, trained up as a, as a joiner become a good joiner and uh, then John he, like myself, he went to the, after primary school, he went to the tech, came home and started bricklaying. Yeah. And uh, I did the, something similar. I went to the primary school and then on to the tech. Because yeah. my birthday was at the end of the year, I was quite young, leaving both of them. Ah, there you go. Uh, and uh, worked at home and I worked in the shopping yard initially. Uh, but my father wasn't in great health then. And... Yeah. Uh, he actually retired when he was 65 anyway. There you go. And he was dead by 68. There you go. Um, so. And how far did, you know, sorry, how far did then your father go back in this area then, as you were saying there? Oh, no, yeah, me, him, my father started the business. I was, and the town, did he always live in? Born in Glengamna. Yeah. Uh, and he served his time to Johnny Robinson up in the cottage. He was in the cottage row at the time. And he, he became a joiner. Carpenters, I think they called uh, them then. Yeah. But to me, well, I could do most things, yeah. There you go. He was a good tradesman. And he had, I suppose, <coughs> an all-round uh, uh, view of what, what it takes to start something from scratch and, and get all that's needed, get the pricing, uh, put it all together, get all the products <coughs> together, get the men to do the job and, and get it out to our side. Well, he, he, he employed a number of men. Uh, uh, Alec McCormick, I mean, one uh, uh, do you want to mention uh, any of them people? Maybe uh, people well, out McCormick, there. Uh, whenever I did the extension, it sent me out to Alec uh, to see if he'd come in and give him a hand to put on the, the roof. And I was going to go out. He said, oh, no. He said, don't go to last 11 o'clock. Alec might be up out of bed. So it did come in around that time of the day <laughs> most times. But Alec and himself put on the roof and did a good job and all that. And Paul McCormick then worked for my father too. Paul from Straw, who became a contractor too. There you then, go. In his own right. And different people that got there worked with him. Pat McGuigan worked a wee while with him, I think, as well. And um, Johnny McAllister. Johnny McAllister, yeah. Regina's grandfather. There you go. Yes. And was that, uh, that was Regina's aunt's house up in Cahor, wasn't it? He, she was McAllister. I would have said it was her grandfather's. Grandfather's. Uh, was that that uh, man? Uh, that's the man we're talking about, Johnny's. Uh, there you go. Uh, just there you a go. wee labourer's cottage that he had. That's brilliant. And then... Regina modernised the whole thing and built it and built it and they're still built. <laughs> there you go. And uh, there must be, someday they'll just pop up with your house. So, <laughs> and and, and young Stan will go out and say, look, uncle, I just thought I'd get a wee, wee quick exit to you. Uh, so, and then I suppose after your father then, when you when you were getting together, I suppose it's important that people know that uh, when you go back to them, them days in rural Drippestown, uh, as we chatted earlier on, there was not much, you know, one road in and... You know, That's right, one yeah. road out. The bus ah. came to the Dippertown and turned. Ah, so that so was it. was, was the What end. was the moment then? I suppose, <laughs> like I know that you, uh, uh, the different bras had different skills and were, were, I suppose, put into different roles. But your first initial, let's do this. Did you just it was as you say, make an no, extension of what? It's a bit of a continuation, as I say, Pat. Yeah. Um, my father had uh, got uh, 
six houses up in Campbelltown to, to build. That was the biggest contract he ever done. There you go. Uh, and he was finishing uh, his time at that stage, and we were working on that there. Then after that, uh, he he took a back seat, and uh, the first. I was checking up. The first contract we did was the wee bungalow over in Goals. Forestry bungalow. Forestry. Yeah, yeah. uh, and that time you had a you had a price and submitted thing, and we had no idea how to do that. And I got in touch with uh, Dermot McGuckin, who was an architect in Maharafelt. He produced uh, a bill of quantities, priced it, and we uh, we tender for it, got it, and built it. Right. So that was a that was our first uh, first and, contract. And I'm sure you, although you know, like there's uh, <laughs> a lot of we'll talk after a lot of success from then to now. But I'm sure that first initial one, they must have felt yes, we're on the we're on the map. You know, no, yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Mm-hmm. You, could, you know, not second the chest out, but here we're over the line here. You know, uh-huh. and what, but was there a lot? But of I, I was none of us were uh, old. I was no more than sixteen at that stage. Wow. Uh, and uh, then the next. Major thing we did a lot of wee extensions to wee schools. We schools that are not there now. Uh, Lost the uh, muck and Farglun. Farglun's now a house and goals. Yeah, yeah. goals. Uh, but we priced the uh, Cullion School uh, and an extension to it, and it was it was about seven thousand pounds then. Um, so that was the I I copied or didn't copy but used uh, McGuckin's rates. <laughs> and altered them uh, up to date sort of thing uh, and priced that. Why well, invent the wheel when it's there? It, it, was, it was hit and miss. <laughs> <laughs> and if, you, if you look back at the rates, we did as I did later years, they were so up and down. Aye. Uh, a wee bit of luck now. Uh, had to come through all uh, of that. <laughs> so that was a big, big contract but, after but that. But isn't that, isn't that sort of, I suppose, uh, for, the, for you both... Uh, Michael and John, that sort of learning, you know, because like construction has changed so much. Oh. And even so you can look back then and look at things and you say, oh, this is the way they're doing it now. But that's fine. It was back then. And uh, so things like uh, local workers then, did you, who uh. were they then? Or is there anybody you'd like to mention? That was well, well I, I, I tendered for most of these things uh. Uh, and from that on. Uh, and it, uh, we also kept... Uh, we knew how we did on each contract, ah. which was a wee bit unusual at that stage because ah. uh, builders and even builders <laughs> today just look at their bank balance. Ah. There's no relation at all. It's not real, is it? So we knew how we were doing uh, and uh, I, I would price them, John or Stan would build them. Brilliant. And so they would tell you, he would tell you a bit more about Characters. Aye, had, so, so, so then, John, right? You were, you were, because I remember Ollie McGuigan was on. He was saying you were a great man. Uh, not Hearns Van and our thing you were doing a good. Uh, Christian indeed was getting people to the the dances and uh, back in the day. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, well, Michael didn't know about that. Just about well, we, bought, we bought a, a Bedford van. Yes, around that time, and it uh, did a whole lot of things. It was the uh, the taxi to the chapel for the family. <laughs> It was the uh, the bus to go to work on Monday morning, and it was uh, the canteen when it came to eating, <laughs> <laughs> and it was the, uh, the the wagon for the weekend to go to dances. It was a life and blood. It was a life and blood. And as well as that, um, yeah, people people used to tell me the only reason I ever got my place in the football team uh, so so handy was that I was the driver. I I. I 
chauffeured all the teams from schoolboy to seniors. There you go. So I was always on the team then. And, and I suppose back in them days, you weren't called in for having separate seats and everything that's now happening. Oh, like there was as case. many as you could get in. Aye, aye. And, and so when you're, them early days, I suppose, as brothers, you started off and then all of a sudden, you, like Michael, you're employing people and you're doing all that as well and, and looking at all well, that. Pat and Andy McGuigan were been two of the very first. And, you know, you're saying we employed them. Yeah. They came and taught us. <laughs> you. I always, I always think it was a disgrace that they were called laborers. Ah. Uh, Pat and Andy were not laborers. Yeah. They could do anything. Yeah. And they whooped you into place. If, we were, if I was out late at night and not getting home too early, there'd be mornings they'd be standing in the yard waiting for me to come home. <laughs> you know, into the house and just change it out and away you go <laughs> and when it come to about 11 o'clock you'd be starting to feel tired and they would just whoop you to make you work twice as hard for an hour <laughs> and about 3 o'clock in the evening he would do the same thing again so that you get through the day yeah. and it was, it was because of them and, they, they and what, what you're saying there it's like uh, uh, what people should know in that there John is at, at, to you just listening to you there um, from the first man on the site to the last man on the site, they're all equal, and you're because your ethos is in the company. Well, that's like a, the thing we always had. Yes, yeah. is but, that all right no, to but say? Pat, that? And that's, but Pat and Andy were special. They yeah. were spe- really special. Yeah. Uh, and a small example: there's a wee concrete thing goes on top of the gully tap where the downpipe comes, um, on your house and all houses, and there's a wee concrete thing. And Pat asked me, "What's the cost?" There were three anthropons I checked it up at the time. Three and threepence. She says, if you get Danny to me, we frame it. She says, this Monday's night, we would have a shovel full of concrete left over. <laughs> a shovel full now. And he says, we could make one of them, save you three and threepence. Well, we never bought another, anyway. There you go. They always had that. Yeah. Nowadays, I know Laurie Lowe's concrete dumped at night. Yeah. It should never have been ordered in the first place. <laughs> well, I suppose the efficiency is not there, Joe, is it? Or it's just, no, that's right. They, you know, they, oh, they were so efficient uh, on everything they yeah. did. Everything they did. And then that meant that they had pride in, in your work, your job. And, and you dug work. a foundation that was two feet wide. Well, that we stick, and it was two feet. It never was, the, the trench never was two foot one, nor it never was one foot eleven. There it was go. as near to two feet, yeah. give or take a quarter uh, of an inch because they dug it by spade and shovel. Nowadays, they put on a digger and whatever bloody buckets on it, that'll do. Uh, <laughs> and I, just fill it up with and, concrete. And I suppose that people need to know about then too that um, it would have been hard work, you know, for, oh, for everybody. Like, oh, you know, Michael, you keeping an eye on the budget <laughs> of them jobs because yeah. what you didn't say was like I, I had some notes in them uh, um, and today's money. There were huge uh, contracts, you know, for uh, every for, contract you know, like, was a huge uh, like contract. Even at that the, stage. the the forestry bungalow uh, ah, today's yeah. value would have been twenty five thousand. I know it's you know I'd seen it in your website how it sort of just oh I uh, we built just around that time between between uh, sometime maybe after we done college school we built a wee bungalow for Cassie Wilson. Ah, oh, Cassie the teacher, Mr. Uh-huh. Teacher, yeah, uh-huh. and found in that case we're dug out by. Yeah, bad and Andy by spade and shovel, and um, the bungalow cost just under two thousand pounds. We did Mickey Joe McGuigan's first out in Bracket for one thousand. That's mad. Like, I so didn't. I want to see. It was an extension, really. Uh, I think it was a thousand and seventy. Uh, he wanted uh, to cut the price of it, uh, and we didn't think we could cut the price. Uh, but 
finish up, we agreed to do it for a thousand. Brilliant. And um, if, if it was going to cost us more than that, it would try and give us a wee bit more. But we did it all right for a thousand. Yeah, and we were very and, happy. Uh, but I suppose <coughs> in them, and back in them days, it was all about keeping a momentum. Uh-huh. Going oh. for yourself. Well, yes. wages, you see, and everything else was, everything else was accordingly, Paddy. Yeah. Um, when we started, uh, no, after we uh, done Cullion, the next big job was Zebrastown uh, Primary, and uh, it was it was a big job for us. It was twenty eight thousand pounds at that stage. There you go. And uh, we won the tender by seven pounds. Wow. <laughs> we actually lost the uh, high school. To Kennedy's by twenty one pounds. No, no hey. You know, so I went to Father uh, Collins to see could we not get it like uh, being local uh, and employing local people. You weren't the lowest, so that's it. No way. That, that, I thought you that, was the, that was the system it was then uh, lowest lowest person got lowest it and, and which was fair enough. Uh, no? yeah. yeah. But then I suppose, uh, in a way, um, you had to keep your business going and maybe what you learned out of sticking by that there, you learned that, look, sometimes we just need to stay mm-hmm. and, and not go there ah. because you could have been doing other jobs at the same time and they're only putting weight in them there because over here, you just done it for the sake, as you say, Michael, just being the cheapest and sometimes the cheapest isn't always the best. No. Oh, Do you no. know what I mean? Well, uh, well the, pre- the present system is completely different. It's, it's uh, so much in quality and so much. It's not, it's not all price. Ah. There's so many other... Factors come into it now. There's so many licenses uh, and everything going on around it, you know, and, and sustainability and everything that, that, yes, that goes and with how, it. How much you contribute to the area and all this sort of thing. So, a big lot of things. Uh, a lot of it's subjective. Uh, uh, when, when we started the Ripperstown School, we bought a lorry, twelve hundred and forty pound. I think it was. Uh, Is that the lorry you still have? The, for, you know, the uh, a real yeah. old lorry. Aye, an S Bedford. Uh, there was no body on. It was just. Uh, cab and chassis yeah. and Stan and myself built the body on it along with a boy from Glenelli Mick Gennetti Mickey McBride and he gave us a hand at it and that was it and uh, Frank Hearn had been making blocks out in uh, goals and uh, he had a wee mixer and uh, I asked him when he come and drive the lorry part time we wouldn't have worked for a man full time at that <laughs> stage and I thought I mean, making the blocks he could leave that and come and do the other times and he tagged me years after. He says, I wouldn't like to be working with you boys. Both <laughs> <laughs> boys, he called me. Uh, he says, full time. He says, I have 107 hours up this week. He says, and if that's part time, he says, I certainly wouldn't want to be working full time. <laughs> That'll do a year stretch. So. Uh, and, and, and like, so but start, we had great people like that. Yeah. that uh, wh- whatever the need was, they, they pulled Community. They came with it. Community. Uh-huh. And, and like, and Commitment party. Uh, really. Commitment. And so, so and, and also too, uh, I suppose I should bring up your mother. You know, I'm sure when, uh, well, people need to know when you've got young sons, you were only 16, Michael, and you've got, uh, they're running the business. And I know it came down from the likes of your father, but, but I believe that the mother in any family is like, you know, they're, they're, they're the ones that sort of, when you're thinking, what will do next? You know, what are we at? Or when will this? Or when will it all unfold? And all that. I would imagine they're the person just driving at home and eat well and keep at it. And, and you know, you know, you're doing good. You know, and uh, do you want to say a wee bit about your mother and, and well, them days growing up? My mother up, was a very mild person, probably, yeah. and she didn't she didn't give off to you. There you she are. would make suggestions Stan to you. Yeah. Stan didn't take after her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, now I had a. A lot of respect for my mother. And, and what uh, was your mother's name again, sir? McConnell. Yeah, of course. It, it was her mother, Mary Ann McConnell. Ah, yeah, it was yeah. her mother, actually, that I say, I always think that put up money for Paddy and Rosemary to be yeah. educated at there that stage. Go. 
And, and so that and, but she was a, the, there were a lot of Glenelly people came over for the fair day. Yeah. And they would all call by my mother and get their cup of tea and <laughs> something to eat. There you go. Uh, it was a Kaylian house, but it was also, uh, uh, they might have waited there for a couple of hours when they're finished. And uh, my mother had to sit and feed them all. And there you go. Never complain. There you go. Yeah. And but uh, she was a very, very uh, efficient worker. Yeah. With, she had a garden and um, would have it as pretty on it and all vegetables on it. And Stan myself was sent to weed the garden. There you go. And would eat the peas off yeah. the pod. Just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, you just see all them houses, you know, the houses in the street up the back. Yeah. There was, there was, there all, was a all, time they all All, all, grew all grew houses had gardens. Ah, and but the trouble with her, her, her place was her first garden was taken away for the operating box for the old picture house down the yard. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then she was moved up. To where the workshop extended into as well, yeah. so she lost it, and then she was way up. Where <laughs> she was trying to move her up to the top of Coring. Well, she actually got three moves, <laughs> and uh, she she was moved again. And she was never told she was moving. We just <laughs> moved in and just dug it out, and that was it. She had to start again somewhere. I remember Pat McWigan saying. Marianne, you may do the next one. He says the top of Steve Yanley says they'll never reach that place. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but that's brilliant. And uh, I suppose. But um, there was darning socks and patching yeah. jeans and patching everything Aye. that just made it last as long as it could. And my father would have fixed shoes, although Michael Kelly was the main cobbler around our area. Uh, who, who was he then? Michael Kelly just lived two doors up from us. There you go. Uh, Maura Kelly would be in school with Michael and myself and Sheila. And that was just as you turned around the corner. That uh-huh. That's yeah. right. Aye. Johnny, Aye. Mac- Johnny Mix was on the corner. Aye, that's right. And then Michael was next there to There you that. go. That's the bookies now. And he had, no, 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 just down below the bookies. Down below the bookies. Mm-hmm. The next one was Andy Nails. Uh-huh. And that's the bookies. So, uh, so then you and uh, you stuck over the, in 1965. Uh, you uh, built Trinity uh, Holy Trinity School in Cookstown. Yes, um, that, that so, really was a big one. So, aye, because I was just looking on your website. Today's value that would be like 11 million pound. I'm no, not, I'd be far more. Far more. There 25. You well, you ever put that in your website needs to change that. Don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, drop well, it up a bit. I'd have been guessing no, 15 no, to 20. Uh, no, more. Uh, to put it in context, yeah, we 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 got the school initially, but yeah. while we were there a short time. They, just, they were going to do an extension and uh, so it took a little while to get that about but the total contract which was continuous um, was about in today's money about 25 million Wow uh, so we took the job and uh, a while it was 63 was it uh, 63 the frost came on and we for 12 weeks we never turned anything we couldn't, couldn't do anything no well no. At, that, at that stage you were coming out of the ground and, and concrete and it's all ah, reinforced concrete ah. structure and we weren't allowed to concrete <laughs> and I didn't want to pay anybody off that's because the frost at night mm. uh, the rules said that and uh, dropped after the seven or eight weeks the man came to me and said look we're going to go on the door because this can't go on mm. they were fed up ah. uh, standing around <laughs> not doing nothing else <laughs> no furling <laughs> man <laughs> waiting in the frost I thought you ah, that's right <laughs> so they went on the door and all promised me they'd come back once the door once the frost would disappear so that was a bit of good luck yeah. uh, but in that time or around that time with a bank manager and he came down to Michael with a wee lean two shop in the yard and a wee lean two office. The office was all of 
about 60 square feet. Oh, <laughs> and the shop wasn't much more. Uh, you have a bit more room in the offices now. Uh, a, bit <laughs> more, uh, a little bit, yes. Uh-huh. And uh, told them that were, was it 28 pounds over there? 34, John. 34 I'm, pounds. I'm <laughs> the money man's here, John. John, the money man. Right? <laughs> over there and, and write no more checks and have the 34 pounds in before close of business. Well, there was not a hope in hell of that happened. Uh-huh. I came home from work and Michael asked me if I had any money. I said, two or three pounds, anyway. And I went to Paddy, and Paddy had went a pound, and had a good to her mother. You were asking about her mother. Her mother gathered up whatever money she had in the house. We still didn't get the 34 pound with everything, uh-huh. but we got away with it. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. I'll tell you, he was not a nice man. Uh-huh. I always intend to leave that bank <laughs> as soon as we would be fit to uh-huh. do it. Uh, and did your dream come true? No. They changed the bank manager uh, and the next bank manager that came couldn't do enough for us. He, he was a great help to us and if we needed money, just tell him and we'll give you the overdraft. Now you're paying at the start, all right? But well, I suppose that's something um, people out there back then, uh, being a business, you just can't appear all this money. There has mm-hmm. to be negotiations, I'm sure, with all the banks, that, uh, whoever oh, is the contractors right. and all. <coughs> and would that have been your role? In, in yeah, the- I, <laughs> that, that fell to me. But it just just on the Cookstown School, I'll give you a few other yeah. basic facts. Yeah. Uh, because I think it's relevant if people think about those things. Yeah. Uh, the standard working week was 45 hours then. And in Cookstown School, throughout the whole time, we worked 51 and a half hours. Uh, little less today for the standard week. Aye. The wages, the wages in 1960 were, uh, if I can remember now, four and ten pence halfpenny. What would that be like? Uh, now, like for people, twenty-four p. An hour, and you worked for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was that was for a tradesman party. Uh, a labourer was three and ten pence, three farthings. Could you believe that? Three farthings. The farthing was done away with in 1961. There you go. Uh, and there was 960 of them and uh, in uh, the pound. There you go. That's mad. So that's just a few relevant figures and, on that and, thing. I suppose, and, and that's important <laughs> for people out there um, listening to your, your good selves and your story that... Uh, that um, Wages and people of this thing that wages were massive and construction, no, no, no. everything's massive. And no, uh, it, it wasn't the case at the time. No, no, no. Uh, everything's relevant uh, because the price is that, the finished price was such nothing and so forth. But tradesman, 24p, labour, 19p. That was 1960. It moved go. on from that, of course. Aye, I know, but it's just something to think about <laughs> for people. And uh, and, yeah. and back in them days then, uh, in the early days, uh, obviously, co- uh, uh, you were contractors and all, you had a, a pit as well, uh, 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 like yes. for for your businesses and uh, like and you sort of started, I suppose, uh, going into diversifying into different things as such. But having the pit there, I'm sure that would would have been was that really good for your oh, business yeah, having well, that. Pit? We had that at the time in Cookstown School, which yeah, uh, although that ran into a, a, a bad time or a bad thing that happened, we're drawing stones up the Lafay Road where all the sand and gravel was all coming down, so they were all on that upper oh, side of the road. Oh. But John McDade was going up with a lorry load, and the road broke, and he fell into the field and went five times over no way. and landed down at the river at the bottom. Jeez. And I 
went up to see, I, I was told that there was an accident, so I went up to see what it was, and that's what it was. And by the time I got down to John, John, it was a TK Bedford, and it had a big, one big one screen. It, it had disappeared in the first turnover. first roll, aye. And there was a, a jack in the, in the, in the cab, and it was flying around the cab. But I hit John in the head, it would have killed him. Like. But it hit him on the ankle, and I saw him, and he had the foot that way. And he had taken off the shoe. And I said, John, are you all right? And he says, I, but he says, my ankle's broken, I know that much. <laughs> and he says, uh, I took off the shoe, he says, I got them, and John Burns, he says, about three or four weeks back, he says, and he says, they're a good pair of shoes. And I figured, he says, I've set that way till they'd come out that they would cut the shoe off me and he said I would lost the, <laughs> lost the shoe <laughs> but we only worked in Northern Ireland in that time like yeah. now Henger and yeah. Scotland England and Wales yeah. but, and the but, but the founding ethos uh, that's come up again there and what you're saying there uh, about because uh, that runs through I think Hearn Brothers and your family uh, that sort of uh, thinking about the people and it's a family sort of thing Paddy isn't but, it but it's well, it's the way we grew up, and, uh, and the farm's the only an extension of it. Yeah, really. yeah, uh, yeah. And lucky enough, it's still going, I believe, that way. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, and uh, we're a firm with no internal politics or no arguments or no yeah. things. And we didn't have any arguments when we were coming. That's coming really, through. that's really you good. Know, that's really that's, good. And, and you get that easily, more easily, I think, aye. in bigger families. Aye. If there's only two. Then, Aye. then you're arguing for Aye. whatever. There's no three. You've got you've got democracy, haven't <laughs> 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 you, Bob? Yeah. You know, no, like no yes. matter what you're saying, like I say, ask the people, you know, three. Because it was a gentleman giving you one time and saying, "Oh, the committees and all." I says, "He says, how many do you need?" I says, three. And he says, "Why?" I says, "Because it'll only be two one, and that's it." And, 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 you know, Johnny, Johnny Burke's uh, ideal committee he always talked about was three. <laughs> one sick. They all are not able to attend. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that is A.D. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny was the last man, of course, on that committee. <laughs> but, and, and so you, you were saying there from, uh, from the likes of uh, uh, Cookstown, because uh, uh, your brother Brian, uh, you went back earlier on, you spoke about uh, an architect, isn't that right? Uh, he, he was a quantity He was the first... Uh, Quite his revere coming out, came into the parish. There you go. Um, um, and he, st- he was working in Belfast for the firm there. And uh, he joined the firm in 1971, I think. Yeah, and, know, and we were 15 years on the go at that stage. There you go. And he was just, <laughs> so he's just an apprentice still to this day. And uh, <laughs> he's a lot still to learn. No, I know that. But, but so see <laughs> someone like Brian there, because this is where I suppose your 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 company you're, you're starting to there's people coming in and like earlier on you would have to get that outsourced obviously and mm. all of a sudden you bring it in house and uh, did that bring uh, was it easier for you then Michael was someone oh, like yes, that yes. And for you certainly, you certainly was easier for me up to that I was the one fighting to get the money off the site yeah and I was dependent on a quantity surveyor and the quantity surveyors were looking down on me yeah. but I had no qualifications of any sort uh, uh, Brian was meeting them on a level yeah so he could handle them better yeah, but, so because uh, so, mm. this sort of stigma thing uh, right. uh, was yes. was attached to that. Uh-huh. And, oh, uh, but, and I suppose, like, uh, um, that's uh, for people out there, I suppose, like, and there's people out there maybe starting a business now and they're going, well, what's what's the sort of the, the blocks? I know we're chatting to Lawrence Kane earlier on and he was saying, maybe into the same, it's kind of sometimes you just, um, you stick to what you know you're good at. And sometimes you might pick stuff you might be just great at, but you don't stay around there long. And then you go on and keep, Building that 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 momentum. I That's mean, right. and going from uh, going from Cookstown uh, School, uh, 
you like for in your days was it uh, you were saying John earlier all localized in Northern Ireland uh, at that time yeah uh, mm-hmm. all the work and uh, so I just wanted to go back you mentioned earlier on the cinema and whose idea was the cinema and why did you come about it or and why was it built in Drifferstown? Well oh. the first cinema actually was my father's store he had a timber on it he had a sat and gravel on it and cement on it and all sorts of things and it, it was approached to see could could he make a picture house out of it there you go and uh, that's how the first picture house started <laughs> and then it changed hands a few times and uh, my father w- couldn't run the picture house father collins was boss in this parish so there was and there was no <laughs> way the morals were going to be <laughs> so there was, no, there, was, there was not no bare arms show <laughs> there was no bare arms show that's right uh, and then wg shields and uh, outside mahara he he finished up and he asked me would we build a new Pictures and he would rent it off us. There you go. And we agreed to do that. Now it didn't last long enough. Our mind was, I was thinking, twenty years, you know. Uh, but it only lasted less than ten, I think. Well, new, was it just pictures. off that time? Do you think then? But it worked out. We, we made it into a shop anyway. Uh, and now it's into offices part of it. Yeah, uh, that's where your hardware store. Uh, that's that, a hardware uh, store. Uh, and uh, and and there's so a, there's a thing about that uh, cinema then too, Paddy. It's just. In passing, yeah. uh, it was let out to the Indian community and of Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. and go. they all uh, congregated and watched a, an, Indi- an Indian film there uh, every Sunday. That's brilliant. But it, it was uh, it was a, really a meeting place and a get together. And, uh, and I've met a lot of Indians over the time. There you go. I imagine. Oh, we used to go to the pictures. There you go. Yeah, Lord Rana, one of them. Who did you say there? Lord Rana. There you go. Yeah, Belfast. So, yep. It's just, just, just. It's very interesting there. Point in passing. I no, no. It's good. It's very interesting that point because what I would pick up of that there is, this country is all about. Through this word, culture is about, but it's about people. And, mm-hmm. and, and and there again, uh, mm-hmm. um, what was happening there is uh, you had a culture of people that had moved in. I'm not sure what did that would all happen, but uh, you were gathering them all together. They were networking. They were meeting each other. They could have been spread, mm-hmm. I'd imagine, all over Northern Ireland. Oh, all they, they were. All over, oh, from yeah. everywhere in Northern Ireland. There you came, go. That's right. And, uh, and fair play to Balance Green then, you know. Uh-huh. I'm sure it was strange well, for everybody. <laughs> you know. We were even in the centre of the universe. <laughs> we were still there, Michael. We still are in the centre of the universe. <laughs> everybody out there should know that. Small but massive. <laughs> Small but massive is what we are, and that's how you started. Now you're the massive end. So, and then, but we're, we're lucky to have people that we had, as I said, like you talked about Pat and Andy and Frank Hearn, Charlie Conville. I have a, I have a tip of Charlie Conville. He didn't know it was mid. Paddy was the one that came around and took photographs of sites or did tips of things. But he did. Charlie Conville, we were building spare, an extension of spare metal, and Henry McPake was on the digger, and he was filling the lorry, and Charlie. Back the lorry over beside Henry, Henry started to pull it. <coughs> Charlie couldn't sit in that lorry to lorry would be filled, and that only took five or six, seven minutes altogether. <laughs> Charlie was out over at the road, spreading four-inch stones with a navy shovel. <laughs> he couldn't sit waiting for the lorry to fill. Well, the sound. And he was a lorry driver, like he, uh, that was liberty he was doing that. There you go. But there was none of them. Those things didn't bother but the, people. But the, but the workers believed believed in your your your. Uh, it was everyone together. That's and, right. Uh, because, um, yes, there'll always be a, a name at the front of, of a big, mm-hmm. now with all their scaffolding, mm-hmm. but it's the people 
behind that that front. Oh, and we, the people, were very lucky, and, we were very lucky with people. And, and we, had, we had some good people. And, and I think I can't go back. Uh, there's occasion I mention uh, some... Mention away. Uh, uh, one person that really helped me, Anne McGuigan, uh, become my secretary. Yeah, yeah, and, just a few weeks and, in, in June six, uh, June sixty two, after we had just started uh, Cookstown School, and uh, she was with me, spent the rest of her working life with me, Ooh. and outstanding girl. And I used yeah. to say, if anything ever happened to him, if somebody came along and shot him or somebody abducted her, aliens. The only one that could run here in Brothers was Anne McWigan. There you go. She knew everything about it, and she broke her arm one time, and was on a week. She was back in the office writing with the other arm. Taught herself to write wow. with the other arm. Wow. That's wow. how good she was. And uh, she was <laughs> special to you. She was oh, really I, special. Actually, on that, on that story there, uh, people come in and she'd be in the same office as I was in myself. And uh, there were bill of quantities uh, was the standard way of pricing a job there where uh, Surveyor took off... Re- Effectively, uh, our bill of quantities, so they broke up everything into, into yards or meters or whatever it was. And you priced that and you totted it out and totted it up. You used to have to do that by, by head, wow. head because you hadn't got calculators. Wow. But she, she could calculate it uh, with, uh, with her uh, right hand, which was her bad hand at that stage, and write the figures then. Wow. Uh, so she was calculating and writing. Wow. Two hands going wow. together. Wow. You know, oh, she, was, she was some woman. Uh, and, that, and I suppose, like, uh, for people, you know, you just you hear about companies, but for companies like yourselves that have grown over the years and all, there always is them gems of people, isn't there? Oh, that, yeah. that, that, and that are silent, yeah. but they're, they're very dynamic <laughs> in what you're doing. Yeah. And and, uh, and they don't need a big title. They just no, get no, on no. with them, Martin. And, you know, the, the, the basic workers here, you know, yeah. Yeah, the boys like Seamus McGuigan, Seamus Fadgey, yeah. Ray Lemon, you'd have remembered Lee. Yeah, Ray, Ray Lemon, oh, yeah. Know, those boys. Mrs. Lemon lived on the corner right. of St. Patrick's Street. Uh-huh. 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 Right. Bar- bottom of the Cahar Road. Yeah, Cahar yeah. Road. Right. Uh-huh. Road. There. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. there you go. That's right. And Ray, now you go himself into a few bits and scripts of things, all right. And I give him money one time to clear out. I'm still waiting <laughs> to come back with him. But unfortunately, now he's gone too. But no, uh, those boys... They would have died for you. Uh, they really yeah, would. Yeah, and and, and that's important. I think there's, a, there's a wee story about Ray. Yeah. Um, we're working at uh, Burns's uh, first factory that Burns has built. Stan was foreman on it. And uh, Ray was uh, working for us there. And it was during the summer. And Pat Bradley, Pat Felix, he was... Uh, uh, he was out from university and he was he was labouring with us at that stage too. And uh, Father Collins came on the site and uh, he went down to see Pat and uh, says, I need, a, I need somebody to start the school tomorrow morning. So he offered the job to, uh, to Pat uh, because Pat was well able for it. <laughs> uh, but it was a temporary thing in the school. And Ray came up to Stan and says... <coughs> I think I want to report some discrimination here. <laughs> he says, that man came on the, on the site and there was only two of us there and he offered the job to the Catholic. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, Ray was a good crack now, but he was a good, again, he was a great worker. Yeah. You know, and yeah. we had so many of those people. Yeah. That, uh, and I say that thing about Charlie Convalick, 
that's on tip. You'll never see another lorry driver as long as you live and you're not younger than me. <laughs> out spreading stones when he's getting the lorry filled yeah. within five minutes. Yeah. And it's committed. He, he just couldn't sit. Yeah. There, there, weren't, there weren't people for sitting. They yeah. Had, had to get out and work. There you go. And, and, that was just and, it. and you've got a couple of workers that, uh, like um, Paddy Kelly there, it's been with him a long time. Yeah. And, well, and and lifetime. Sure, lifetime. And Mickey uh, how, many, how many his mother came in uh, looking for the job and the mother did the talking. There you go. You know, play, oh, play. Jenna was mother, <laughs> Hubert Murray and the mother arrived down with me and I said, well, leave it with me. I'll, I'll fit him in somewhere. So I ended up a couple of weeks later and the mother was in the house. I said, job, Hubert. She says, you may go down and tell him and he's, he's down there putting on gate posts. He was putting on big eight inch by eight inch concrete gate posts. There would be a hundred and a half to two hundred weight. And he was putting them in on his own and hanging the gate to it <laughs> on his own. It wasn't much wonder I gave him a job. <laughs> and he made a fair success of, uh, as a building contractor himself since that. There you go. But we, ha- we had so many of those. Like yeah. Colin Doyle, one, again, great lad, uh, worked day and night to finish a job. And I would know he had a, a, a woman lined up for the opening of the nightclub that we were doing in Dublin at the time. And Colin went up to the room to get changed. And it was about three o'clock in the morning, somebody asked, where's Colin? And nobody had noticed him all night. Up to the room, there he was lying in the bed, sleep, sound asleep. <laughs> he missed the woman, missed the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he worked too hard. That was it, he worked so hard. Uh, just. That, yeah. was, that was just it. Yeah. And we had those sort of people like, and uh, Peter Higgerty, Mickey Higgerty, both of them was again. And uh, Seamus do, do, that does the, the garage, isn't that what? Hmm? Seamus uh, uh, O'Kean that does the garage. Oh, he's right. been there a long time too. Oh, hasn't right. he? And his father before that. Yes, that's and now, right. And now his sons. There you go. And, and so his father then would have known yourselves. Is that oh, right? He ran the, oh. the sand pit, actually. There you go. Uh-huh. There you are. And he, wait, could, wait, he, could, he always told me he could smell sand. <laughs> and I believed him all right because he, he managed to do things like that. He blended sand. And I never believed in the thing at all, but he told me he blended the sand for Redland tiles. T- roof tiles were only about that thick. And uh, if, you, if you had enough cement in it, it would break. But he blended the sand that just far less cement did it. Anybody else's sand that they took, they ended up having, putting far more cement in it and they didn't, didn't all come through. Another thing for you is to learn. Uh-huh. That was, he was just that sort of a boy. <laughs> and... Uh, that was that was himself and Seamus and now the, 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 the two lads as well. And um, that's like I suppose it's it's that Mickey, fa- Mickey McBride was another one came through our place too. Mickey's a very a, successful a, contractor. A contractor, too, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Charlie Higgerty has a kitchen manufacturing place. Uh, well, I suppose they're, they're coming in. I suppose all these people that uh, have started their own businesses have um, seen. I suppose. You guys came through the the real rough and the rough and tough of it, let's say, and from the early days, and, and then the people apprentices, you know, going on starting their own business. What actually people should know about that is that that's actually community growth in this area, because they're from here, and then they're generating, and that's then right. that's keeping people oh, here, and it's all. Uh, I feel that seems to be what your ethos is too. To you know, keep this community strong and keep keep businesses going, and and let people have a go at businesses. Paddy, you're saying. Could- Describes Jeffersstown on the on the parish on the screen, small but massive. <laughs> you know, like there is far more employment 
accordingly in this area than in any other town. We're only a small town, yeah. but any other town there you in, go. in Northern Ireland. That's amazing. Uh, and people marvel at uh, how, how productive uh, and the number of businesses, and they all are doing well. Yes. Because they have this belief that they can do it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know where that came out of. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it wasn't there in the very early days. Yeah. But John mentioned Morris Taylor, like. Yeah. Uh, and John Burns. Uh, yeah. Morris yeah. Taylor was the largest exporter uh, of potatoes in Northern Ireland at a stage. There you go. John Burns employing maybe in three factories, maybe 400 people. Wow, that was huge you know. at the time. And, oh, and, absolutely. And I suppose <laughs> for, for the likes of uh, someone like. Uh, John Burns uh, and his family line in, in the area, like going back to them days, that's massive employment, isn't it? For, oh, absolutely. For, for, yeah. And it, it, it's uh, livings for so many and people. It was, it was the local people. I mean, yeah. now we have we have workers from uh, uh, Belfast. They travel up from Belfast, work here. Go home instead of the other way around. Yeah, it's amazing uh, that. But are you? Right, 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 electricity right. points for cars now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. yeah. well, we built a new garage and there's six electricity points. Brilliant. Uh, and, and, and there too for, the, for that's a coming thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that, that's and, and I suppose um, for for you guys, you're always sort of I suppose uh, looking out for the next thing. Uh, you know that you know that's that's happening, and I suppose it, it's something that. Uh, well, they would tell you renewables are the next thing, but yeah. they never. You're never sure what's the next thing. Yeah. It's whatever you do, you have to do it well. Yeah, and, and uh, it has to be professionally done and with manners and, and committed and time time skills, all mm-hmm. them things. But you're making it look rosy there and a lot of things we did. It wasn't all rosy no, either. No, no, we, no I, we, that's we what made, I'm saying. Yeah, we, we made some serious mistakes. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you see, I suppose... Uh, when Damien came in, uh, he talked about us being a success. I said, Damien, when you as many mistakes made as we made, you'll be brave, but down the road. Uh, but but then I suppose uh, when you're saying there about uh, Damien coming in, uh, uh, going back to yourselves and then uh, your son Damien taking, taking over uh, the business, I suppose yep. that would have been a big thing. Was it a big oh. thing for yourselves? Because you know when you're in something that long, it's quite hard to hand it over. Oh, you're, you know, <laughs> Do you know right. what I mean by that? Because uh-huh. well, you started it. You, you with Oak, you know, we're in the famous Oak County. You planted the seed, uh, your father did, and uh, you had great support from your mother and you were trying jobs and you were getting them all different places all around Northern Ireland. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're at a level that you're thinking, this is I'm gonna. This is the next stage. Uh, uh, what people should know too is Damien is the son of yours, Michael. Yes. And uh, so, how did you just come about that phase or that time to go? We are, you know, the 55 hours a week or 61 or 90, 100 hours a week that we're doing up to that point. Because uh, people, uh, people should know that um, um, to run a business as successfully as yourselves. Um, to be a founder member of any business, you have to be there and you have to kind of learn what's running on it all. And well, I used to tell architects, you know, you can phone our office every day and you'll get somebody to answer the phone. It'll be a hern. Austin will be yeah. in the office anyway. There you go. I, from seven in the morning to seven at night yeah. at least. Yeah. So you're all out the front all the so time. I've always had it ah. there. Oh, ah. Ah. Well, we were, uh, we, we, us three started, as, as I said, but the other three joined uh, when they could. Yeah. And uh, different people, different skills, but they all give 100%. Yeah. And, and that's, if you ha- and if you have that, you don't have any well, problems Austin, with that. Well, Austin only got in to save us money. We're going to ha- have to get somebody <laughs> to try and run the office, but, and Austin was in St. Columns College. 
And we thought, well, it'll be as cheap a one as we can get. So we just, <laughs> we just took him out of education, put him into the office, and that was it. Uh, no, uh, say, uh, no say in the matter. Uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure he was happy for that. You've got many sort of different strands now, and commercial and, and uh-huh. property and, and building and all that there. So would that have been your first introduction? It's coming from from here into buying like a space as such, and and yes, using it, it for whatever uh, reason that you decided. Yes. Well, no, maybe, maybe. Now, the first, first property we bought, John, would be Fisher's Factory in 1974. Ah, well, and, uh, and we... we, uh, we uh, that, was, that was a bit by accident, too. Uh, yeah. we had bought, I had bought a, a wee place in uh, Belfast, Stonyford Street in Belfast, East Belfast, and it was called Stonyford Bathroom Cabinets. And I went down and uh, went to see the boy and bought it. And uh, I said, we need some place to run it. He says, I'm moving out of here, so you can't get this. I don't own it. Is there a big big place across the street there? What's that? Oh, he says, that's a UDA headquarters in East Belfast. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, we're not going there anyway. <laughs> and uh, I phoned Frank Hearn to get himself and Charlie Conklin to take the two lorries down. And I, I could get a couple of three men. There's a Saturday afternoon, like, everybody's requested that stage. Yes. And we put everything we could on the two lorries and drove it home and left it sitting in Cookstown and didn't know on Monday morning what we were going to do with it and tried then to buy Fisher's hat factory. And was it a big factory? It was a big, big in our old terms, factory. Big old factory. <laughs> yeah. But the Minister of Commerce wouldn't sell it to us because they didn't own the right of way down to it. So John Devlin, who had been the head man in Fisher's, I went to see him, see how we'd solve this problem. Buy you the right-of-way, says from old man Fisher, he'll sell it. So we bought the right-of-way from him, and finally then they sold it to us. There you go. It was cheap enough. To, yeah. We thought it was cheap enough at the time, anyway. And it meant we had a base then. 17,500, John. Was it? <laughs> it was cheap enough. I wish, I wish we could get one like it today, anyway. <laughs> Do you think it was dear, Michael, or was it? Uh, no, it wasn't dear, Pat. No. no. Oh, no. Well, and again, but we had, with that good uh, luck, but then, one first of January, I don't remember the year, I remember the first of January, my, I was living in Claudie, and the phone rang about one o'clock to tell me that there was a bomb had gone off at our factory in Cookstown. Jeez. Oh, my God. And we had tried to get into Marley um, with the bathroom cabinets, and they wouldn't, let, they wouldn't take from us because they weren't sure that we could supply them. And we actually end up with, uh, we made three container loads to have re- as a reserve. Hmm. And they were all sitting in the factory over Christmas. The whole bloody thing went up. Oh. And that was it. And it meant 38 people lost their jobs. Like, Jeez. With boys free in Ireland at that time. Uh, you know? uh, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and what was your thinking <laughs> back then? Because you, you obviously you were trying to run a business. And there's all these things going well, on. Well, I was thinking of 38 I grew up walking by... Um, Herm Brothers when I was younger and I've seen how it's expanded out and yet again it's not about it's going back to the worker again that's right well, yeah. we had 38 people that I, I I knew every one of them personally Yeah. and the trouble in those days not only did I know the guy that was working for me I knew his wife and I knew yeah. a good lot of his family uh, and I knew if I had a problem yeah, <laughs> yeah. certainly I knew uh, if I had a problem because uh, he came to me was it uh, and uh, but that was that and exactly one year later we got up and running again after about six months 
and didn't get 38 and back to work. Some of them back to work. Next year, 1st of January, 2 o'clock in the morning, policeman phoned me again, bombing Stonyfort again. So I despaired. I said, look, we'll demolish the bloody place. Forget uh, about it. Uh, but no, Stan wanted to keep it going and sort of got it up and going. And now it's pretty successful. Uh, well, that's good. It showed it. We had a few other bad incidents about it after uh, that. But there was no discrimination against us that way. Yeah. We had another case in Antrim where on a Saturday morning, I got a phone call from the police to say that our compound and all the huts were all on fire. And I says, I'll go down now. I says, any chance of a saving anything? Oh, he says, not a hope. He says, not even be allowed near it. You have to stay away from it. And what way was insurance then back then? <laughs> well, it was, it, was, it was no good, Paddy. Another uh, example was, uh, I think it was maybe a hunger strike time. Yeah. Uh, on the, Ladies. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, we were working over in, in Derry and we had a JCB it was 18 months old. It was taken away and on the road up to the Craigan, burnt. Uh, but figures again. The digger, I believe, aye, we, we, we bought the digger at £11,000. Uh, 18 months old, uh, we finally settled for £9,000 of compensation. But we had to buy a new one. A new one at that stage was 14 because of little uh, extras added on and yeah. so forth. Uh, improvements. So, But the thing we was, had was doing uh, the job well. <laughs> that was £5,000 that Jeez. was uh, had to spend that we didn't need to spend. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. most of these things were not money for you. They, yeah. were, money, they were money out of your pocket. Yeah. And... Uh, and that's threaten, not threaten jobs. Uh, and that's uh, just, just you know, um, like here you were trying to make a living and create employment and uh, leave an area looking better. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're putting up with us, yeah. whatever the you know, and uh, to be there. And you're thinking to yourself, probably when you come back home together or having your meetings, and thinking like, well, we're, we're doing a favour here. We're building a nice place here. We're building a leisure centre here. Mm -hmm. We're building something sweet for these. And I suppose. Uh, it's, it's that sort of, um, I suppose that's the, maybe, I'm not saying it's the difference, but maybe growing up in a city, um, there's this thing about, oh, nothing ever happened in the rural areas. and uh, But that's not the case. The rural oh, areas no. drove themselves on and, and made things happen for themselves, even though things were happening yeah. around them. I suppose in them days, you're going into, uh, you know, communities and... Uh, and Sometimes I think in, in Northern Ireland, I don't know if you agree or disagree, that maybe small town blues can hit on and they get a bit, what are you doing coming on here to do this? Or, uh, you know, uh, I suppose even like me up in the mountain, creating all this, all these people land and it's all the infrastructure that goes with it and they're thinking, oh, you know, uh, it's getting, you know, in your own sort of, I suppose, mindsets in the sense that uh, if people are out there and it's from that time, you're kind of uh, nearly... Um, because sometimes I talk to people about and they just get on with things and those that wanted to work were working and, and those that, you know, and things happened and uh, and there was things happened that weren't great but at the end of the day, I think like anything, uh, commerce and business and, and uh, investment in areas is what drives areas up and what gets mm -hmm. them wider, bigger and healthier, I think, you know. And I suppose being a business, you have to, and for people out there, you, you can't decide who you're going to do the jobs for. 
No. You can't decide where their background is. You no. can't decide what country they're from. You can't decide what religious background or beliefs they have. But what you can do is provide a professional service and a good job. Yes. You know, when, you, when you're coming up, Paddy, you have to go where the work is. And uh, you don't, uh, if you're not uh, of any size, it's very difficult to dictate where you can go or what you can do. You have to take what comes to you. Yeah. Uh, we'll be a wee bit better uh, established now. Oh, definitely. Uh, uh, and uh, we have uh, a bit more of a, a, a choice. Uh, but uh, it's the, still, going back to the whole thing, it's still how people uh, perform for you and uh, how you treat them and how they treat you. Yeah. And uh, we've been very lucky, uh, some of the things. Well, more most, good, most well, a lot are, more good luck than bad luck. Than <laughs> most of most them things. have uh, all been uh, long-term employees. Yeah. With a guy retiring now uh, as a director uh, at Christmas, uh, Eugene McAnana from Glenelg. There you go. Uh, and uh, just in his time, he came out as a placement uh, to us, did his one-year placement with us, went back, qualified as a quantity severe, and uh, then... We were looking for someone. He'd done an interview. He would tell you today, even, he didn't do the best interview. <laughs> but we knew what he was. Uh-huh. So uh, he worked with us and uh, then progressed on through. And he became a director and has been for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was tiring to, to, to do gentleman farming, maybe. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but just like him and, and so many others, They've been, we've been had a lot of uh, long term employees. Yeah. There's a guy started with us, Mickey McEldowney, in Cookstown School. There you go. That's in 62. There you go. I think he made him in there to 63. Uh, and, uh, Still with us. There you go. <laughs> and, do you, do you, and our son's with us. Uh, so, so we have a lot of that type uh, of uh, uh, thing. And, 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 I entered, <laughs> and I suppose, uh, like, uh, um, what you said there, Michael, about earlier on, and you were saying too, John, about that sort of, <clears throat> you're you're trying to keep everybody in work, you're trying to grow, you're trying to be innovative, and you're trying uh, to look ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, well, it's it's it's, uh, it's quite changed now from what it was earlier yeah. in the years. I mean, we started off the Cookstown School and, and did, uh, we did uh, Burns's, we did uh, Spurn Metal Factory, we did Yardmaster, uh, and we did all the extensions to those, Desmond's as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we did a lot of those type of things. And uh, there was one particular scheme that uh, the IDB had where we built, uh, I think, four factories, one in Derry and one in Kilkeel, one uh, one in uh, West Belfast and one in a- and, and a There you go. And there's a bit of a story to each one of those, but uh, uh, the one in Derry was for a, a guy called Philip O'Doherty. It was his first factory. Damn. And we were building and renting. And uh, it was a scheme that, uh, that uh, IDB were, were coming in with some of the money to reduce the rent. Sort of uh, thing, so to, people could start up. Rent, so, to start uh, up. Yeah. So uh, this is what we agreed with Philip. By the time it was built, uh, his bank man, instead of looking at a bit of uh, a business plan, maybe looked at the factory and gave him the money to buy the factory. <laughs> this year, that same gentleman completed uh, selling his business for $2 billion. Wow. Yeah. That's unbelievable. One of the, well, he'd be making one of the richest men in Northern Ireland because of it. Wow. And 
I hope we give him a wee leg up. But he's the sort of guy that was going to do it anyway. So, so he, you know, so what you're saying there is he's a director in Derry City football club. and and <laughs> so. He sold his business now, and uh, obviously billions of pounds. You say, Michael, but um, go, yes. going back then, um, I'm sure you've a lot of people that got there that you activated and sort of rose up. Well, and, there, there's some people like that who uh, would have made it anyway. Uh, uh, there you go. I would hope that uh, Philip, we we give him a wee hand, but he would have made it anyway. There's uh, no doubt in my mind uh, on that. Uh, uh, and at the minute, we're uh, we're letting two hundred thousand square feet over in Campsie. Uh, to his business, so there you go. So it's that all, first all connection, you believed in him at the start, and then he didn't leave you. That's a very, that's a, that's a very strong uh, link, that isn't it, to have with people and a positive thing. Well, we'd be uh, builders of choice for some of the bigger uh, Almac there, uh, big pharmaceutical crowd. Yeah, uh, we built uh, European headquarters, manufacturing headquarters down in Dock for them, and we would uh, have done quite substantial businesses. Buildings in uh, Open Creek Avon, and uh, you've done a lot of leisure centres. I've seen too. That's some yeah, are we, uh, we done maybe five leisure centres there yeah. in Belfast. We would and Ulster Rugby. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we also a leisure centre. We we did one in uh, Newton Arts. We also did Marafelt and Oma. We're actually working on one in Oma, or one in Scotland at the moment. But uh, those, those, that's major work because there's over 100 million of uh, uh, those contracts that's there amazing. in Belfast. Uh, and you, yep. go, you go back to that first sort of, as you say, you're on your lorry and, and, and now the, the infrastructure that, that, that you have now, uh, you know. Uh, but something to just wanted to bring up there too, Michael, was yeah. in the early days you were talking about business and uh, this area. Um, because I know that uh, I think they're going to come in and talk to me. I don't know who's coming in from Workspace. Uh, yes. And I know you were one of the <coughs> founder uh, members. Is that right? Of yes, oh, that's, that's right. Uh, well, I was a member of the... And I know that Heron Brothers <coughs> have always had someone planted. It's a bit like a mafia. <laughs> Is it a mafia? You know, you wouldn't plant me into these places here. <laughs> so, well, I was a member of the Miola Community Workshop, which is a forerunner to a Workspace. YTP, Youth mm-hmm. Training Programme. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, and, uh, well, I'm only one of a number of people that was involved in, uh, in Workspace. Yeah. But it's the only uh, local enterprise centre that's in a small area, a small town, any one of the rest of them in Northern Ireland and the council areas are in the main town. Yeah, that's right. That's so, right. Uh, and you know yourself, it's yeah. one of the most successful it, here. It's a very successful thing. Yeah. And, and But I suppose what why I was bringing it up, but um, it is, that's to do with the people too. Uh, oh, absolutely. Start, like yourself and all. Because, and <coughs> the exciting thing, I suppose, looking back at that, you had all these young business people like yourself, Brian McKay, and all these people that were a master Seamus, God rest them, yeah, and, and people like right. that, uh, that wanted uh, something to happen in the town that was uh, different. And I suppose, in a way, the YTP was a great idea because you could learn upholstery, you could learn joinery, you could learn painting and decorating, you could learn a bit of bricking. And I suppose, in a way, um, if you think now in the world we live in now, you can't get any of them people if you make a phone no, call because no, they're no. all flat out. That's so, right. So uh, I mean, there's a, there's a shortage of trade. We have... Uh, Serious problems with uh, recruiting enough people for enough things. We I mean we have we have work in Scotland. We haven't enough people for. So that that's interesting you know. there because you know um, 
you go back to start and, and you're doing hundreds of hours yourself and getting it over the line. And then now, uh, uh, by good choice and all the things you've done, uh, you're at a stage where, where it looks as if the construction trade, you, you just can't seem to get the people. And, and why well, do you it's think not, that it's is? It's not only a construction trade. Uh, Manufacturing trade is yeah, the same. Yeah. Uh, and uh, whether it's engineering or, yeah. or woodworking or And welders, there's a lot of welders been looked yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of... Uh, well, in years gone by... Uh, all the builders worked and uh, in Northern Ireland. It's completely changed now. Yeah, most of the big builders have moved across the water. Yeah, uh, they would take people from here across there because they're so much better. Aye, uh, aye. Uh, and uh, you know what you're getting. Aye, aye. Uh, well, because uh, John can't leave in an old boat at five in the morning and aye. take them all over, yeah. sort of thing. But and and that's and that's part of the reason that you're short here. Looking at uh, now, you're Turn Brothers, and you mentioned one of the directors leaving there. Um, you um, you always were a family firm, you know what I mean, as such, right? And uh, and you mentioned uh, like the directors and all, but I just wanted to I suppose bring up here your brother Paddy and uh, being uh, as you said there on a, a chemist in the area and any bit of thing to do and took a lot of pictures of the area and uh, uh, the historical content mm-hmm. of the area. Um, so do you want to say anything about that and, and why, I know that's important now when you see pictures of the past, but um, seeing Balanus Green change over the years and um, to have them images, I think it's really important. Well, Paddy actually would have been an advisor to us in his own way. Uh, we didn't see it maybe as an, as an advisor and I don't think he did either. Uh-huh. But whenever we bought Shergan Place in Oma, it was a kitchen manufacturing place, we'd have gone Paddy as a, an outside director, John Burns and Morris Taylor. And Pat Dugan. And that was the man ran Spare Metal, is that right? Yes, yes. Pat yeah. Dugan. And he and became a very successful business. That's right, he went on yeah. then to Power yeah. Screen. Yeah. And uh, I used to say, uh, told him it never should have been called Power Screen, it was Power Sales. He took you in and he kicked the life out of you around the office. <laughs> he assigned in the bottom right hand <laughs> corner that you were going to buy a machine and then he kicked you out. <laughs> <laughs> There's all these books about him. And that's what sort of, the, you know, down Lagan's Corner, Michael uh, Lagan, he yeah. went out to the, uh, uh, in Australia uh-huh. and he started his own company. I think it's Green Power or something, I'm not sure. And you know, the big cutters and the big machines you yes. get. Uh-huh. So he, he, he worked for them guys at the yes. start and then he broke away on his own. He's a very successful guy uh-huh. too. And, uh, you know, well, Laggins at the corner. Just yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Michael. Yeah. Yeah, well, Kieran McCluskey. Kieran McCluskey's brother <laughs> oh. sold his firm in Canada yeah. for multi-millions. Yeah. Hundreds of millions. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And, and, and himself and Kieran both worked in Spare Metal. Right. <laughs> it's Pascal, it's the business in... Pascal, that's uh, Island as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so, very, a, very successful, but there's... So many people like that now in Northern Ireland who weren't, who didn't put their head up or didn't see the opportunities, uh, and now they, now they do. And this wee country could do so much more. As well as that, you know, there was only one way to yeah. go, Paddy. You, only, you had to go up because you uh, couldn't go down. You, had, uh, you couldn't go from nothing. Yeah. anything less yeah but but the like uh, and as I say yourselves and you were just talking there about Paddy and all and founder and mm. see all the pictures that he would, would have been taken back in the yes. past well <laughs> um, you know um, I know John you're getting them all they're all actually going on yes and I know you've done a talk in the historical society a few, t- a few times yes. uh, and uh, as I say about them all and I mm. think that's really interesting because I know Ollie McGuigan was on he talked uh, like, about mm. his, having wee videos of his family that's and right. pictures yes, and Ollie, Ollie did that too yeah uh, 
And uh, as, as a hobby, but it also it's really a well, history. All them yeah. staff to see worked in the picture house as well. Yeah, and it's a history, isn't it? Of <laughs> the I, was, I was getting 15 yeah. bob a week. I don't yeah. know what he got. Uh, and I, I gave 10 of it to my mother and I had five left. Uh, that kept me all right. <laughs> yeah, all right. Sorry. And and so the likes of the, uh, for for Paddy then I know uh, the chemists and different things and uh, I know uh, like uh, he liked his cars and different things and and because uh, I remember years and years ago Paddy was also a politician. Isn't that's that right. right. And because right. I remember going around the house with John Hume many many yes. years ago, isn't that right? I was right. first nationalist chairman and. Uh, Marfelt District Council. There you go. And the right Paddy, Paddy enjoyed life, mind you. Aye. And as you say, the cars, vintage Aye. cars. Yeah. End up with. Well, you've been the party party boy of your household, you know. Well, well, you like to, you know, going out and, you know, or or we it's all kind of, you know, you didn't have a wild one or such. You don't mean wild, but you know, would have been more. Did he travel a lot? And, oh, he travelled a lot. And uh, did he bring? Paddy, Paddy was outgoing. Pa- Paddy, ah, that's Paddy, what I mean. Paddy like, travels yeah. the world three or four times. That's what I mean. Like. <laughs> And he could have got lost in a phone box. Uh, there you go. <laughs> and so, just where we're at now, and and for yourselves, and I know you're retired, but you're not really retired, are you? You still? Oh over- yes. Oh <laughs> well, I, I well, well, the, well, these boys truly. here. I was the only uh, survivor on the board there this last ten years or so uh, or more. Uh, uh, but uh, I moved off last year. And uh, we stunt on 60, uh, oh, 65 years uh, or something like that. Wow, but, that's a long uh, time working. Uh, so. But it's a young man's game, uh-huh. and we have a lot of capable. You have a lot people. of new directors and a lot of, a lot and, of new and directors, and, and, and well like, deserved. Uh, for them. <laughs> and uh, like, uh, and what do you do now with your retired? And uh, you know, there's a, the case of drinking the best coffee. And I do nothing. Reading. I do what nothing. What kind of newspapers uh, would you read? The Times. Well, Michael, you'd read. What would you read? When there? I was working, I used to buy at least four or five newspapers to see what contracts were all coming. Uh, now I only buy one newspaper a day, and it nearly beats me to get it read. Aye. Uh, I'm the, I do nothing up to dinner time and then I quit. Aye. I used to do nothing up to tea time and quit, but now I'm quitting earlier. <laughs> and I'm the busiest man I know doing nothing. I never met somebody doing nothing that was busier than me. <laughs> so, but, but, I suppose but that's really about the truth of it. Aye, but you like to keep busy, you know what I mean, and, and moving. I don't mean busy isn't. you have to worry about your business now, but... but you're well, active, you're enough, active people. Whenever, whenever sort of, huh? you're active, like. Oh yes, we're active. Aye, well, whenever I got out of the business, sort of, it was again the doctor made me pack it in. He said, "This, I think there might be two heart attacks left in you, John." <laughs> and what do you mean by that? He said, "If you don't die in the next one," he says, "Certainly one in the second. <laughs> so, and I said, "You're some doctor. <laughs> That's the sort of an outlook you have." Well, he says, "I've told you before, and you're not listening." Yeah. I says, "You told me what? To stop working?" I said, "Well, I will." He says, you told me that four or five times ago. And I said, when do you want me to stop? Right now. He says, I'm going to see another patient. I'll be back in 10 minutes. You make up your mind. Are you stopped when I come back or are you not stopped? So I came home that evening and told them, right, I'm out of here. <laughs> and the big theory was then, who's going to take on John's job? Contacts manager. I never knew it was a contacts uh-huh. manager. I just got the bloody thing built. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Yeah. And I said, I don't know who's going to do it, but... Give it to me for a week. And uh, we had surveyors and engineers, all sorts of boys looking for it, well capable of probably of doing it to. I came back and I said, right, the man's taking on my job as man as a machine. A bricklayer, the only bricklayer ever I made a foreman of, because generally four men were joiners, because mm-hmm. they worked a sixteenth of an inch where a bricklayer worked a half a block and was near <laughs> enough. Uh, but Manus took on the job anyway. And uh, he knew his stuff. Uh, he knew his stuff. And yeah. 
one of the best decisions. Yeah. Him and putting Seamus Cain into the guys were two best decisions yeah. that I was thinking about ever I made in Hearns. Yeah. And Seamus was driving and Laurie and I put him in to run the garage. She says, I know nothing about running the garage. I said, if you did, I wouldn't be putting you in. <laughs> I, want, I want you to make sure the boys that's in there is working. And working for me, not for them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and that you've got a big garage now and it's oh, all, everything's developed. And, 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 and Seamus Cain designed that. Yeah. And I suppose that people uh, uh, looking now at your business, it's it's grown so much down the car road. Oh, yes. Uh, most people don't know what we do. Aye, aye. <laughs> you know. Um, well, they might now know a bit. Including some of her brothers. Uh, there you go. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's uh, what are we? Turnover maybe, uh, uh, turnover is uh, 120 million this year. Uh-huh. Uh, 400 employees. Maybe uh Wage bill fifteen million. Uh, direct that's direct wages, and maybe third of that more for labour only people. At least that anyway. Next year turnover will be twenty five percent more. There you go. So it's uh, growing every. It's growing, time. and uh, we have the, our biggest order book uh, in our history. Wow! At the moment, wow. so things in that respect are are quite good. That's yeah. one of the problems in building. You're either going up. You're going down. You're not going left. Uh, so all you need is, is the people to do that. Yeah, but, uh, and, uh, you seem to have that now. And 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 I should say that you know, um, starting off, you, you know, going back to the early days, and you built the way you build now. There's there's uh, you've so many awards won for for uh, uh, the equiness of your buildings, uh, the the uh, the life you know of of, yeah. of them and all this. <laughs> These are all new things, and, and I suppose any amount of awards now, Pat. Uh, well, you need those if you're if you're for the next job and yeah. so forth, but. Uh, one I'd be more proud of uh, was the Business in the Community Award. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it was for the Employer of the of the Year, and uh, we were the first Northern Ireland uh, company that uh, won platinum, That's which is the highest you can get in Northern Ireland. But also, we got it for the UK. There you go. And uh, there's no, there's no, no building firm had done it before. That's amazing. So, so congratulations, <laughs> and that's a good thing to go at yet again. You're leading the way, and what you need to do, and what's the future, and leading what's happening. Leading the way, apprentice of the year last year, uh, a lady. There you go, <laughs> Annie Crozier. There you are, apprentice engineer. So are. things are things out there are changing because I can see they're yeah. down and and when you're you're building your new offices and 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 different and the new and the the new shed that there was a lot of females a lot of uh, oh, vers- you know on the sites engineers now engineers and, uh, all that and that, that's a brilliant thing that site engineer, engineer was a lady yeah. there you go there you are and uh, and that's something that. Uh, it's a brilliant thing, and I mean, and for for yourselves to be, I suppose, at the forefront of that, then that's the next phase. And and I suppose for, I know that you just do a bit of uh, alternative energy as well. But I suppose um, maybe down the line I'll get Emma done to chat about that and uh, and what what that's all about for you guys yeah. now. Well, we uh, did uh, wind turbines, yeah, uh, and we uh, did a sale there a couple of years back uh, for fifty one of them. Uh, single turbines in Northern Ireland, which is the largest sale uh, up to then and since then there you go. of that particular 
uh, model. So we're in that type of thing as uh, well. Uh, a lot of wee things. Uh, well, that's, I, uh, you know, uh, uh, probably there's uh, wee things we'll not talk about. Well, <laughs> there are wee things we'll not be telling you about there. You know, they're the good ones. Look at them smiling at them wee things we're not talking about. Uh, but, uh, you only uh, can do so much building, you see, and you uh, only can do so much of this and that. The country's that small. Uh, so you diversify. So you diversify and uh, you keep diversifying. Uh, and uh, like, because mm. you have property, you have buildings, you have businesses, you have, you know, you're, you're, you're involved in a lot of uh, uh, construction all over the, the area. Yeah, yeah. We'd be uh, the largest uh, industrial land landlord in Northern Ireland. There you go. So if I'm ever kicked out of the house, I'll find a wee room somewhere, John. You'll not come at me. You'll let a, me stay there. An old there. shed. An old shed, shed on, on some of the sites. Yes. There'll be an old shed. I'll <laughs> take it over. And uh, so the likes here, uh, I know you are, are left, um, Heron Brothers now, but um, in the future, is it about diversity? Is it about um, looking at the opportunities mm, out there that, that's around the world? Because like, it seems to be everything uh, now is like energy so so dear. You've seen it this year. The yes. cross have just went up mm-hmm. and there's no warning <laughs> and people are controlling it. Um, a bit like you said earlier on, John, about getting jobs and certain pe- people controlling them. Right. I think it's important that... Uh, for companies like yourselves that are diversifying into that, it's a really good thing because you don't want people controlling it that, that they can just, I don't want to say, turn the light bulb off and everybody uh-huh, straight right. away. So, Damien, we, we, yes. we, Damien brought over the company or, or led up the company after your, your, yourselves uh, stepped down and uh, obviously uh, added a new dynamic uh, into it. Uh, but I suppose growing up around yourselves, you may have had a good insight into the company, or was it? Had you always thinking of Damien, or were you just? No, no, uh, I objected to him. I, 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 didn't, I didn't want him, and the reason I didn't want him, I says, if he's no bloody good, who's going to sack him? And I knew the finger was going to be pointing at me at that stage, and I didn't want to be sacking my nephew. But that's why I didn't want him in the first place. But I got voted out of it, and uh, yeah. he came yeah. in, and it was a very good decision. It yeah. was uh, I It wasn't. Simple as that. Uh-huh. Um, Damien was uh, uh, chief finance officer of Coca Cola, All uh, Ireland, uh, at that stage. A massive company, uh, too. Uh-huh. Big company, yeah. yes. Good training for him. Yeah. Um, but uh, John had a heart attack or two, and Brian had one or two. And uh, he says, uh, he, he offered to, to me that. If you don't watch, you're, you're next in line. So uh, if you want me back, I'll be prepared to come. So I says, leave that with me. And I put it to the to the boys at the board meeting. And uh, they all said hi. Mm, he's happy. <laughs> well, uh, you, you, you didn't say no, but you, you said other uh, uh, things about it. Um, <laughs> and uh, so then we went, went and appointed him and he came in and... Uh, Strategically wise, your your company went from Northern Ireland to everywhere. Kind yes, of, yes. Was, well, yes. It, it, the timing uh, as well as that there. Yeah. But yes, uh, that that was a big help. Yeah. But uh, what has happened since is the the number of good people have come and followed that. Yeah. And where we're going with it. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, full confidence that. Uh, the people the company, at the helm. The company will be there uh, long after we're gone. Uh, and uh, it'll be still progressing. Brilliant. Well, that's. I think that's a perfect way to end it there, what you just said there, Michael. <laughs> it was beautifully put. Uh, what I'll say is thank you very much for both coming on. And uh, I hope it wasn't too strenuous onions. No. And uh, it was really enjoyable. And uh, I hope we didn't go on too long. No, no, you did not. <laughs> and uh, as I say, it's usually me goes on too long. And, you know, and but... Uh, 
there were some great stories in there and uh, we'll get the uh, listen back before it goes out and uh, as I say uh, it's brilliant in these these uh, podcasts to capture stories like yourselves and uh, about where you began and, and a bit of the ruralness and then where you're at now and I think what you just finished off with there Michael was just absolutely amazing and for me myself to get my old pun mentioned at all small but massive uh, and actually look I have the t-shirt on there but I was going business casual today because uh, I thought Michael would land in a real slick suit because I remember at mass he looked like a don when he came in there and always in a good suit and you too John but, well, I was at a funeral today and that's why I had the suit uh, on you, me no, you spoke that I, just well. I just didn't do it all so thank you very much give yourselves a wee round of applause <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for coming no, and safe no. journey home uh, um, John and Michael thank you and thanks uh, thank you and thank the technicians as well uh, thank you Tierney I always thank him and thanks Sorry Stella and uh, Nathan <laughs> and uh, everybody else in the room so give yourselves a round of applause in the room take out the bonds there that you had earlier on for me and the boys <laughs> <laughs> so thanks a million man okay. thank you